It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. College football is down to the final two. Some crazy hirings as well. And then, of course, the NFL, a crazy tragic to some degree week. But we still got to figure out what's going to happen in the playoffs. So we'll talk about that today as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Stover. I'm joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Boy, winding down here in the old football season. We sure are, and I'm excited to talk to you about it. We have not had a chance to talk a whole lot uh, yet about what happened this weekend. Uh, typically, we'll talk on the phone, but we've both been busy this week. So uh, looking forward to kind of uh, chatting about what all went on uh, down uh, you know, with, with the NFL stuff this weekend. Uh, before we get to that, though, I want to talk college football first today as we are down to the final two teams in the NCAA championship. And I can say that things did not go the way that I thought they would go this weekend. Um, I thought it would be Michigan and Georgia, but I thought Georgia would even look a little better than it did. So uh, let's start with Michigan and TCU. TCU basically controlled that game. Uh, did I mean, what, what were your thoughts on that game and how it all played out? No, like I said, it was a surprise. I think it was good. I mean, good for college football. I think this these playoffs worked out well. I think it is interesting to think about, you know, expanding it. Boy, what that could have been this year with all the teams would have been quite the competition. I don't know who would have came out of it here, but I think with the four teams they had, this was probably better than it's been maybe in some of the other years for sure. Um, TCU, you know, Played well, obviously has coached well. I guess what's his first year at TCU? He's been around a while, yeah. but um, um, you know they played well. They they stayed right in there, and um, you know a lot of people would say they won't really have a chance in the national championship game. But I don't think most people thought they'd have a chance. Um, 
you know, with undefeated Michigan, maybe either. So they have played well and can score. So um, I I think it was good, and I think you know um, it'll be could could be an interesting game on my next Monday night. That's the thing, right? Is it could be. We most people would say it probably isn't going to be, um, which might I don't know. I think people will tune in to see what TCU looks like, and if Georgia gets up early then maybe they will, you know, go a different direction, turn the channel and go somewhere else as well. Uh, but when I'm looking at it here, first of all, Michigan ended up making it a ball game, right? I mean, they, they closed it out, had a chance there towards the end to come back. Uh, they did come back a, a lot as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how TCU comes out against Michigan. The question I have, though, is, is again, you know, Georgia, Georgia only won by a point. Uh, Ohio State missed the field goal, 50-yard field goal. Not an easy field goal, but he didn't even come close to hitting it. But I don't know. I just I go into it thinking, man, you know, TCU had a chance to beat Michigan, I thought, but uh, didn't. I don't see them having a chance to beat Georgia. Now, granted, that's why they play the game. You never know. Let's talk about that Georgia-Ohio State game. An incredibly exciting game. Came down to the very last seconds of the new year. What a way to close out the year. Ohio State with a huge opportunity. Played some really good football. Um, I've got some comments on C.J. Stroud, but I'll save those for just a second. Uh, overall thoughts, Ohio State-Georgia. Um, I, Ohio State, you know, played well. I thought they could give them a game. I thought it was, you know, very, very good game for them. I thought maybe they were going to win that. So, but Georgia, you know, held on and, and was able to there at the end, actually kind of came back. But I thought Ohio State played a really good game. Um, and Georgia ended up beating a really good team. They did. You know, a lot of people have been promoting Will Levis from Kentucky as a quarterback that could be the number one quarterback, could be the number two quarterback. And I've said from the get-go, this is Bryce Young 1, C.J. Stroud 2. The way C.J. Stroud played in that game, I think he solidified himself as a top-two quarterback, maybe possibly even into that number-one conversation. He's got the better size than Bryce Young, although I think Bryce Young should go before him. I think it's crazy if anybody thinks that there should be another quarterback above C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young in this draft. To me, it's clear-cut. Those are number one, number two quarterbacks. Because you look at winning along with the talent, Will Levis has great arm, but he hasn't proven that he can win football games. Um, he didn't do it at Penn State. He didn't do it at Kentucky. Uh, and to the degree, especially, that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud has had. And you could argue it's the talent and all that kind of stuff. I don't care. you got to be able to produce. He didn't produce. Not the same way. So I think C.J. Stroud, to me, solidified his spot as – uh, a top two quarterback in this NFL draft. Any thoughts on that aspect? Um, I, I think CJ Stroud definitely, you know, looked good in here and showed that. Again, I think when we talk about the draft, we've got a lot of time between now and then, and you'll have the combine. You'll have other things that come up. People go up and down, and depending on what a team is looking for in a quarterback too. But I sure think CJ Stroud could definitely be a good one. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you as well. Uh, did TCU end Jim Harbaugh's college coaching career? Um, yes, I would think it's, it sure sounds like it has. Um, you know, it seemed like he's interested in the pro game. And I I think if he was going to leave, this would be a good time um, 
to do it. I mean, you know, he got him in the final four. He got him there. Uh, he definitely improved things at Michigan. He, you know, beat Ohio State twice. Um, you know, he stays there another three or four years. You know, what's it going to be? So if he if he wants to move, now is probably the ideal time um, from there. Yeah, I mean, Chicago, I've heard that mentioned, even though they just hired a coach last year. Uh, but I've heard that Indianapolis, again, someplace he has ties to. Uh, Carolina supposedly has reached out to him as well, which could be his agent just telling people, trying to drive the price up. Who knows? Um, I mean, you know, he's been in the NFL. He had success there in San Francisco. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I see it from his angle, why he wants to be a pro pro coach. I'm not sure that if I'm an owner, I want that personality on my team uh, as the leader of my team at the very least, especially in the day and age of everybody going younger, more player friendly. That's not Jim Harbaugh. So uh, I don't know. We'll see if he gets a job. Uh, you know, the, the report is if he gets offered a job, he's taking it. Um, I mean, that's an interesting report, right? Um, that sounds like he's working against himself in that situation. But as far as it goes at Michigan, I mean – could he could he take the program any further? Sure, he could win a national championship or even make it to the championship game. But I think for all intents and purposes, he is he took Michigan where they where they were going to go to. And with USC coming into the division, into the conference, uh, it makes the conference even harder to get back to that spot. So I think it makes sense as well. Good time for him to go back to the NFL if he chooses to do so. The NFL is an easier job, right? He don't have to recruit especially with all the NIL stuff, all the transfer portal stuff. The NFL is just an easier job as a whole. I could see him wanting to get back to that um, as well. Speaking of coaches, Dad, Jimbo Fisher, uh, it was reported he is hiring Bobby Petrino as his offensive coordinator at Texas A&M. Petrino has had legal issues. He's had um, moral issues. He's, uh, he's an interesting guy with an interesting background. And Texas A&M is a program – that had a lot of promise and did not fulfill it. Uh, top recruiting class, nothing to show for. Uh, a really bad year this last year. What does this hire do? I mean, Petrino knows football, but is he a guy you want at your university? Yeah, I. I it's not a guy I'd want at my university. And I think I'm a little surprised that, you know, it doesn't seem like that would be the best hire right now. I don't know that it would help you in a recruiting um stage a whole lot. I think it could hurt you there. Um, yeah, he knows football, but um, it's, it's an interesting guy to bring into your program and where Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M is now, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, now you got the, the next coach, right? When they fired Jimbo Fisher, Petrino now is going to step in as the interim coach. So uh, interesting to say the least. Of course, uh, Petrino had recently, like in December, got hired by UNLV, um, and now in January, first week of January, he moves on to Texas A&M. So uh, interesting turn of events there for Bobby Petrino as well. Uh, I want to talk a little baseball real quick, Dad, because uh, some news was made earlier today. We are doing this live program, by the way. Welcome all our live viewers on YouTube and Facebook and all our listeners listening on podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts as well. The Red Sox, it was originally announced he signed, uh, Rafael Devers signed a uh, one-year contract. Then about an hour later, maybe that, 
11 years, $331 million. The Red Sox lock up their guy um, after missing out on some free agents. They don't let him get out the door like they have let some previous guys leave. Uh, so a big signing there continues kind of the, the the action of Major League Baseball right now. Little deals have gone on here and there. Eric Hosmer signed with the Cubs. The Brewers acquired a pitcher. Uh, the Orioles acquired a first baseman. The Nationals signed a first baseman. So little things here and there. Uh, but Raphael De- Devers is that's a big deal. Uh, Three hundred thirty-one million over eleven years. I, you know, I get why you do it, but at the same time, eleven years is a really long time, and I'm not sure it's ever worked out for anybody. Uh, so, is there any surprise to that, or were they at the point they had to sign him to a big deal? I mean, that's kind of where it's going now. So that's what everybody has to do. Um, I do agree with you. I mean, I, I don't know about this contracts being as long term. You know, are guys going to play even play that long, or will they be, um, you know, productive that long? Um, doesn't seem like that'd be the way to do it. But again, you don't have as much moving around. There has been a lot of that lately. So maybe locking a guy up. Uh, it does give you a little bit of stability there. But, yeah, it seemed like a lot of moves here and there. Um, baseball, I'm anxious in the next little bit to look at it and see where everybody's landed. I know we'll, you'll be, of course, have your fantasy baseball show, and we'll be talking fantasy baseball before long, and it'll be kind of interesting to see, um, you know, where everybody's ended up. Yeah, speaking of that, Dad, I actually wrote a fantasy baseball article today. went out on bellyupfantasysports.com about fantasy baseball draft strategies. You can find that on bellyupfantasysports.com, or uh, it's also on my social media pages as well. Um, We are right there into baseball season. The Brewers, my team, Dad, made some big signings today. Wade Miley, 36-year-old pitcher, coming back for his second stint with Milwaukee. And then they signed, uh, was traded for Bryce Wilson uh, from the the uh, Pirates, who actually pitched in the World Series for the Braves uh, in a in a big game. But since that game, he's done absolutely nothing. So the Bre- Brewers got him for cash. So big moves by Milwaukee uh, signing these arms uh, for the bullpen. Oh my goodness! Uh, we'll see how that all shakes down, and I'll give those thoughts more so as we get into baseball season and on the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show, presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com. And with that, Dad, we have a, sp- a partnership with True Classic Tees. True Classic Tees there is uh, uh, available. You can find more information at TrueClassic.com. And when you get there to TrueClassic.com, you're going to find some great stuff. Uh, and uh, th- this brand, True Classic, makes T-shirts that actually fit, not to mention super soft. When you're not in the perfect shape, finding the right t-shirt can be incredibly frustrating. So most t-shirts are always either too tight in all the wrong places, or they're just too baggy and boxy as well, but not at True Classic. True Classic already has helped over 2 million men get their fit on at an affordable price. And the Sports Stove Podcast listeners, they're going to get access to the absolute best deal True Classic has to offer for a limited time. You can get 25% off your purchase at trueclassic.com using the code BELLYUPFANTASY. Like I said, the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show uh, is partnering with Belly Up Fantasy Sports. And so we're going to use that code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. 25% off. That's an incredible deal. They've got t-shirts, polos, long sleeve shirts, all kinds of other things. They're branching out into other things uh, there. So go visit trueclassic.com. Use the code BELLYUPFANTASY. And find out for yourself how True Classic can help you 
find the right fit in your shirts. All right, Dan, let's transition now to uh, the NFL, and there is plenty of stuff to talk about in the NFL. We have playoff races uh, coming down to this final week. Uh, we've got uh, um, you know just big things happening around with injuries and other things going on. But let's start off with the situation in Cincinnati, Dad, just down the road from you. Uh, the massive, well, the hit, it wasn't, it didn't look like a massive hit, uh, but then causing a cardiac arrest and uh, and watching this situation unfold where, and actually I was not watching the game. I was uh, at basketball game that night. We were driving home from the basketball game and my wife said something uh, that had popped up and she started reading through the information. We got home and looked at it and watched what happened. And a really scary situation there. Um, and to this point, still, basically, the, the reports are there is some improvement, uh, but still, obviously, a long ways to go. When you have this kind of situation, uh, let's start with on-the-field stuff. I mean, how, how can a player um, even come back a week later and play when they watch their teammate receive CPR right there on the field? Well, I, it, it, that will be tough. I do think, you know, depending on his situation, if he improves and it looks like he's going to get better, um, you know, then that's going to help there um, when they know more about his situation. Um, everything from what I understand is it was, you know, it was a normal football play. So as far as, you know, them worrying about that, but as far as being concerned about a teammate, concerned about another you know human being, um, no, it, it will have an effect. And as I've heard you know talk about it, probably playing there in Cincinnati again might be really tough for a while because that's right um, where everything happened. But again, I think if he recovers and even gets to where he can encourage you know his teammates, then that would be. Um, that, that would be different. But, um, yeah, when, when you see something like that, you know, again, you know, we've gotten used, like, you know, people have said, we've gotten used to see injuries in football and serious injuries. A lot of times they're concussions or, um, you know, even paralyzations, things like that. But you don't have something that's life-threatening and something where CPR is being administered and there's a concern whether, you know, they're even going to be, he's even going to be able to get off of, of the field or not. Um, so that, that you know, that, that's something that nobody's really um, used to or prepared for from that standpoint. So, um yeah, I think it'd be. I think it'd be in some ways it'd be hard for him to snap back, and the other in another way, um, you know, they probably will. They'll probably think this is what he would want um, from there, and um, you know, get ready to play again. I don't know. I think you said it well. If if they they have a clear cut answer right by by this weekend, if they know he's fine by this weekend, that'll make it easier. But if they go into this weekend and he's still, you know, uh, on on the ventilator, still, uh, you know, not active and all that kind of stuff, it's going to be really, really hard. And you look at the situation for Buffalo. They're in the playoffs no matter what. So even if they lose this week, yes, it can affect their seeding, which could be a problem. But at the end of the day, they can kind of coast through this week if they end up doing that. And if they lose, they're still in the playoffs. And it gives them a whole other week for things to improve and things to get better. And maybe they're fine by the playoffs. I just – I don't know if they don't have an answer, if there's not clarity in the situation by this weekend, 
I, I don't think Buffalo wins a, wins a football game until there's clarity. I, I don't think there is this rah-rah around this guy uh, if, if they don't have any clarity in what's going on or if if even the worst-case scenario happens and he passes away. It's not. I don't think they're going to be able to just rally. I think it's going to be demoralizing. And and I know football is so you know trivial compared to life. And and I don't don't mean to to make it sound any other way. Um, but they are scheduled to play a football game this weekend, and they will be scheduled to play a football game the next week if they don't lock up the one seat. So they have a, a lot on the line for even their own emotional state. It's important how this game goes for them on Sunday uh, as well. And that's going to be an interesting thing to see um, how it does shake out. Then the the call comes down to to cancel the game. And now we're at the point where they're really, they can't make it up. I mean, if they do, it has to change the whole playoff schedule. And I just don't think they're going to do that. It sounds like, and I've not seen an official report in case I missed it. uh, But it sounds like to me, the idea is, is they just won't play it. It'll all be a win percentage situation and uh, go from there. I'm checking real quick to see. I don't still don't see anything uh, uh, on that. So they probably don't play this game again, which is, again, just kind of throws everything a little bit off. And it's amazing to think about how one situation, and it's an incredibly serious situation, affects how the weekend's going to go for Kansas City, for Buffalo, and for Cincinnati. It was a big game in the playoff ramifications. And now it just erases it just goes off the schedule disappears um and and will not count from everything i can see uh there as well so um i think that's the right the right call i don't have a problem with that any thoughts on the cancellation of the game and and any ideas to make it up or you think it's best they just move on um well i i think canceling game was definitely you know the thing to do and i think the coaches, I think everyone acted, you know, correctly about that. And from what I've seen, um, a good thing for the NFL is they were prepared um, medically. They had a lot of people there quickly. A lot of they had the equipment there. That would have not have been the case several years ago. Um, so to move and to handle that, I mean, um, you know, I, I've been around situations where there was, you know. Uh, medical problems and boy you don't expect them so you need people that can think quickly and you need people uh, that have the resources um, to be able to do that and I think they were able to but I think you know definitely um, canceling the game at that point was the right thing I think I agree with you I think the best thing is to just not play the game and to um, you know that mathematically they'll work out the playoffs. Um, it's not going to be a perfect scenario either way. Right. Um, if they do move everything back um, and they play this game and start the playoffs a week later, then all, that, you know, that's maybe not totally fair either in a lot of ways. Everyone will get another week of rest, um, you know, and be healthier going into the playoffs, except for Buffalo and Cincinnati. Right. Um, and there and, and, I, you know, playing the Super Bowl without a week off, that may not be a bad thing. I remember when they did that last time, but everything is really set up for that. Um, I, I, I would think, um, I think it could go either way because there, there are a lot of factors in it. Um, and, you know, if they do 
just cancel the game, not play it, and go with mathematics, there's a lot of things that can be affected by that. I mean, I haven't looked at everything, but, you know, if anybody ends up tied and you get into a, um, you know, conference record and all of a sudden, you know, there wasn't this game, or, you know, there a lot of things can change. But I, I think with what happened and the situation to where it is, I think the best thing is just to not play the game and um, try to move on from there. And hopefully you will get good, um, you know, good report about the young man and that will that that will help everyone all the way through the playoffs yeah and it's basically if you if you just don't play the game you're only affecting three teams kansas city buffalo cincinnati um and kansas city's had some events happen in recent past with remember coach reed's son and the drunk driving and the uh hitting i think killing a a, a girl um and you know there that was right before the super bowl if i remember correct uh, and so I think they can understand how serious the situation is. I don't think they'd put up a fit about it either. And honestly, there'd be some teams who say it's better off not to have that week off, um, the bye week, uh, at least the number one seed, because then you're out of rhythm and all that kind of stuff. Who knows? It, there's a lot that could happen. We'll see how it shakes out uh, from there. Um, transitioning to Philadelphia, Dad. Philadelphia has lost two straight games. Jalen Hurts has missed both of those games. Gardner Minshew has been the quarterback. So I put out a poll earlier this week asking for Eagles fans to tell me how they're feeling. Concern that the momentum is lost or confident that when Hurts returns, all will be back to normal. Uh, I did put a third option on the Twitter poll saying cautious, cautiously optimistic. So are you concerned, confident, or cautiously optimistic uh, as an Eagles fan, neither of us are Eagles fans, but put yourself in a, the situation of an Eagles fan. You had a great season. Your quarterback gets hurt. Gardner Minshew comes in. He loses two straight. Now you don't have any momentum. Um, and you could lose the one seed, although that's almost all but locked up uh, there in Philadelphia as well. So um, come down to it, Dad. What would you be? Concerned? Uh, confident that Hurts will return and everything will be fine? or cautiously optimistic, meaning you hope everything's fine? I would be confident. I think I would think when Hurts comes back, everything will be back to normal. Um, it's true they don't have momentum, but again, they haven't had him. And I think they're in a situation, and he does provide leadership. Um, I think with him back, I think things could get back to normal very, very quickly, as long as he's back and, and playing you know, at 100% or close to it. Eagles fans think differently than you, Dad. 46% uh, are concerned with the momentum loss. 27% are confident, and 27% are cautiously optimistic. So the majority are a little worried about the Philadelphia Eagles as an Eagles fan. And I can understand that. Again, now if Hertz comes back, plays this week, and everything looks good then, then probably everybody's fine. But if he even if Hertz plays and it doesn't look good, actually, I think Minshew is playing this week, isn't he? Um, I feel like that was announced already, but I could be wrong on that as well. Um, anyways, uh, a concern level is up in Philadelphia. They want to see things, how they shake out and everything like that. Of course, the playoff spots are almost all booked up, but not completely, of course. Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, uh, the Chargers and the Ravens are all locked in. 
Jacksonville is currently in the four seed. If they lose the Tennessee, though, the Titans will take that. And New England currently in as the seven seed with Miami and Pittsburgh right there with the opportunity as well. So plenty on the line in the AFC. We'll look at these games in just a moment. In the NFC, uh, six spots are locked up. Philadelphia, San Francisco, Minnesota, Tampa, Dallas, and the Giants are all in. Seattle currently holds the seven seed. Green Bay, if they win against Detroit, are in. If Seattle loses and Detroit wins, Detroit is in. So three teams fighting for that last spot in the NFC. And uh, basically three teams and then plus the, the AFC South team uh, fighting for the AFC spots. So let's look at these games that matter this week, Dad. Before we get to our pick six and pick games, actually, let's look at some games that matter. Kansas City plays the Charger. Kansas City, the, excuse me, the Raiders. Kansas City needs to win to have that first uh, number one seed uh, possibility there as well. Um, that one looks relatively simple. Jared Stidham is the quarterback for the Raiders, although he looked really good in this first game. Kansas City should win that game. They're nine and a half point favorites, uh, at least. So they should win that game. Uh, then Saturday night, Titan and Jaguars. We talked about this a little bit last week. It's been a long time since these two teams playing each other mattered. And now you got Joshua Dobbs, the Tennessee graduate, the rocket scientist. Uh, he is in at quarterback for the Titans, overtaking the rookie uh, Malik Willis. And the Jaguars come in with their four, former number one overall draft pick, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, have been playing really good football. And now they're going to face up. We'll pick this game, so I don't want to get too much thought on it right now, Dad, but that game matters. So those two games on Saturday both matter. On Sunday's games, the Bills play the Patriots. Patriots have to win to get in. Um the Bills need to win to get the number one seed. So that game matters a ton. Uh, Vikings and Bears does not matter. Ravens and Bengals, uh, it matters in the sense the Bengals could still possibly get the number one seed with losses by Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh, let's see here. Jets and Dolphins matter because the Dolphins still have a chance to get in. The Jets could play spoiler. Uh, let's see here. Steelers and Cleveland, always a fun matchup. An important game for Pittsburgh. They've got to win to have a chance to get in as well. Giants and Eagles will face off. Eagles are huge favorites in this game. Eagles need to win to secure that number one spot. They could still get it with a San Francisco loss, uh, but they have a shot at the number one seed. It doesn't really matter to the Giants other than just being mean to the Eagles. Uh, 49ers play the Cardinals. Should be an easy game for San Francisco. Again, they could earn the number one seed. Uh, in that game, but they'll play the same time as the Eagles, so they won't know until the games are done. Seattle plays the Rams, a win, and they can make it in, but again, they need the Packers to lose, and they close out the night, Green Bay and the Lions. So best case scenario for the uh, enjoyment of the game is Seattle loses, and then the Packers-Lions game means everything. Uh, Seattle wins, and the Lions are only playing to keep the Packers out of the playoffs. Uh, if we have a playoff with Seattle in it, Dad, uh, I mean, what have we done to deserve that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, right? We don't want to see Seattle in the playoffs. That doesn't make any sense. No. Um, no I would agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, and the Giants, I'll tell you what, they, they're coming into this um, with talks of Daniel Jones getting, um, you know, getting an extension after this year, after they declined his fifth-year option last year. 
and now him and Saquon Barkley looking to get extensions. I looked at the stats, Dad. Daniel Jones, he didn't really have that great of a year. They just won football games. <laughs> so I was looking at the stats from last year to this year. I thought it's really not that much different, but they're winning games. Um, I didn't ask, I didn't put this in the pregame notes, so you haven't prepared for this. But Brian Dayball, coach of the year. I mean, you got Sirianni and, and Philadelphia that makes sense. Um, uh, you could argue Peterson and Jacksonville makes sense, but uh, Vikings to some degree, possibly. But they probably, he's probably got no shot at that now. Brian Dayball had, he turned that team around at the end of the day, right? He did. He did. He really, you said that from the beginning. You thought that was a great hire. And uh, yeah, he's been well. He really turned a, the Giants around and they're in the playoffs and, you know, they're in what the six seeds. So they've got a shot um, from there. So he's done great. You know, Daniel Jones, I think a lot of times we talk about quarterbacks. The key is, you know, don't lose the game. And I think that's what he's done. He has not been a problem. Um, you know, this year, is he somebody they can build on? Can they keep going with? You know, I, I, I would think they'll probably think, Yes, that's the case, but um, we will see. The Giants have made have made a real good turnaround, no doubt about it. I mean, I think you can argue for Dayball being coach of the year. Uh, I think you can argue for Shanahan in San Francisco going through different quarterbacks and still surviving and possibly with a chance to get the one seed. So I think you could argue that as well. And Dan Campbell in Detroit. I mean, they started off so bad, but then, man, they turned things around in Detroit as well. You got to think that name pops up there on the ballot as well for coach of the year. Who who would you lean towards for coach of the year? I would think the Philadelphia coach. I think yeah. where they've made the move, and um, I, I would think he would have the lead on that. Yeah, probably so. Probably so. All right, let's get into our pick sixes, Dad. Each week we pick six games. Usually we pick the three primetime games: Thursday, Saturday, or Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. This year, and then three other games. This week, we don't have a Thursday game. So we're going to pick the Saturday primetime game, the Sunday primetime game, and then we'll let you pick four games of your choice uh, there as well to round it all out in the end. Uh, so let's start with the Thursday night game. I'm trying to get my stuff pulled up here. Uh, it's Jacksonville and Tennessee. Jacksonville, six and a half point favorites. Like I said, Joshua Dobbs is quarterbacking for the Titans this week, second week in a row. And I love Joshua Dobbs, but I tell you what, Dad, I would have loved to have seen this number at four and a half. That would have made me happier. But I still think Jacksonville is the better team, and they're at home. They've got the better quarterback. So I'm going to go Jacksonville here with the six and a half and take my shot with them. Which way do you lean in this game? I mean, I agree. Six and a half is a little, you know, a little high for the pick, but I do. I agree with you with Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville has has you know come back. They're at home. Um, Tennessee again. What you know, third different quarterback now. Um, you know, Jacksonville should be ready to play. I think Peterson will have them ready to play. Um, this could be a great game. Trevor Lawrence has had a lot of great games, um, but. You know, again, both offensively and defensively, Jacksonville should be, with this being at home, they they should be able to cover uh, the spread and should be able to win this with everything on the line. Yeah, sometimes you get worried about young quarterbacks in big situations, but obviously Trevor Lawrence has been there, done that. 
at college uh, multiple times. Joshua Dobbs, uh, again, he's a great human being and uh, and a good quarterback. But, um, of course, Tennessee rested a bunch of guys last week, hoping to have everybody healthy. Derrick Henry will have a week off uh, to come in and run over Jacksonville. Can Jacksonville contain Henry? If they can, they win this game no problem. If they can't, then it's going to be a drag-out, uh, knockout fight for sure. Then Sunday night, Dad, is the game that we care about, Green Bay and Detroit. Packers are at home, four and a half points. And I'm surprised, honestly, this one was four and a half. I thought this one would be higher than it was. Um, you know, I'm not overly confident about this game for Green Bay as badly as I want to think Green Bay is just a far better team. The way the defense has played recently, you'd like to think that's enough. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I tell you what, Dad, I watch Aaron Rodgers. He's a great quarterback. He has great talent, but he makes some boneheaded plays every game. It's not interceptions. It's sacks. He'll take a sack on second and three and make it third and 15 instead of just throwing the ball away and having third and two. Um, And he does that every single game. So stupid little things like that could have an an impact on this game. If you don't get the, the kickoff return for the touchdown and the pick six from the defense, that's 14 points you take off the board from last week. And that's a, that's a little bit of an issue. So can they get defensive scores or special team scores? I'm not sure. I don't think you can count on those. Is Aaron Rodgers better than Jared Goff? Yes, he is. Are the running backs better than Detroit's running backs? Yes, even though Detroit's running backs are good. At the end of the day, the defense is better than Detroit's defense. So Green Bay should win this game. I'm picking them to win, and I'm picking them to cover. Um, and I just, they should, right? They should. The question is, is will they? Yes, I, I again, yeah, I would, I think they'll cover, and I think being at home is going to make a big difference here. They came out really focused last week against Minnesota, and I think they'll be the same way against Detroit. The fact that Detroit beat them earlier in the year, I don't think it's a deal, you know, to look past that. Um, they've really worked at coming back and winning, you know, the last what four games there to get to this spot. And um, I think they'll be ready to play. Detroit is not a bad team. They have, you know, they've played well. The defense is going to have to play good because Detroit can score points and they can get going. Campbell can get them fired up. But again, they're going to be on the road. Um, You know, they'll be in Green Bay. It should be a great atmosphere um, there for the Packers. And I think the Packers, if they can get up on them, could really roll in this one because, again, I don't know that Detroit's been in that, you know, situation um, there. And, again, maybe it'll have a little bit to do with the Seattle game, you know, from there also. But um, I think Green Bay, you know, should win this. They should be ready to play. And, um, you know, the weather weather is not going to be extremely cold as it could be in Green Bay. But, um, you know, again, it's a dome team coming in. So I I think Green Bay will win, and they should win. See, me and you think differently on this. I think if Seattle loses, I think that benefits the Packers. Um, I think if Seattle wins and Detroit has nothing to play for, I think that's when they're more dangerous. Um, so I think, I, I think I'd rather Seattle uh, uh, lose and let the Lions have a shot at the playoffs and I just I think that's the better situation. I think if they come in mad that they can't make the playoffs, that's a bad place to be for the Packers because they're going to go out there and all they know is they want to ruin the Packers' night. 
as opposed to make their night. And I, that's a dangerous team to face. So um, either way, the Packers should win this game, like I said, but will they is the question. I want to. We haven't talked about this with you yet, um, and it's a question that I've been uh, running through my mind. This performance by Jair Alexander against Justin Jefferson last week, does it say more about Alexander or more about Jefferson? Because uh, I think, like Alexander said, Jefferson's a top three receiver in the league. Uh, so I think it says more about Jair Alexander and his talent than it does uh, knock Justin Jefferson. But which way do you lean on that, that question? Yeah, I would think it's more with Jair Alexander. He he is a, a premier cornerback. He you know he has been. Um, the defense has struggled some this year, and I don't know that that's really been um, you know his fault. But I I think you know he is a really good corner. Um, I think you know he had of course a lot to do. You know probably the major majority of what to do with Jefferson there, but the the Packers committed to that. They, I think they decided we're not going to let Jefferson, you know, beat us. Davin Clark may, um, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, we're going to have to contain him. Um, but again, you know, the, the other the other receivers didn't really step up. But I think they made a commitment, you know, to try to stop Jefferson. And part of the reason they were successful to do it is to have a cornerback like Jair Alexander. We've seen that with other teams, teams that are successful against wide receivers. Um, you know, have a corner that can be, you know, your shutdown corner. Um, Jefferson may have gotten frustrated. Obviously, he did in some ways. Um, because again, I think back at Devontae Adams, you know, everybody knew he was going to get the ball. Everybody tried to stop him, but yet he still got his catches. Um, he wasn't always the main one. But there, so I was surprised that Jefferson was shut out as much as he was. But I think the defense putting pressure on Kirk Cousins, as you know, I'm not a big Kirk Cousins fan. And I think if you could not let him stand there, and the Packers did that. They kept pressure on him, and um, and, and that helped. Well, that and, and you talk about Devontae Adams. He had Rodgers throwing to him. Jefferson has Kirk Cousins throwing to him. So there is a difference in that as well. Um, but – uh, definitely a, an incredible matchup and one we may see again in the playoffs, uh, Green Bay and Minnesota possibly. So we'll see how all that one shakes out. Okay, Dad, four more games. I picked three underdogs in these next four games. I'm not sure which direction you went, so I'll let you go first. Game number three this week. Uh, this was a hard week to pick. The spreads were kind of all over the place, uh, and so this was an interesting one for sure. So who did you go with with game number three? Yeah, it was a hard one to pick, but I'll go with um, – I went with the favorites on all of them but one. I'm only going to have one underdog, but this one would be the favorite. Kansas City over the Raiders uh, with three and a half. I, I think they'll be ready to play, and so I'll think Kansas City will cover. All right, that's at seven and a half. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It is okay. seven and a half. I still think <laughs> people cover that. I knew that. I just read that wrong there. So. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a little bit bigger. Yeah, seven and a half uh, there for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't pick that game. Um, I don't know. Las Vegas came out playing really weird last week. So um, I, I, that one I stayed away from. I went with a big underdog, Dad, in the New York Giants. They're 14 and a half points uh, to Philadelphia. And I just don't think I don't think they're going to lose by two touchdowns. And they may lose the game, but it ain't going to be by two touchdowns. So I, I went with that one. 
Um, I'm assuming there'll be people sitting again. There's not really any benefit to the Giants in this game. But still, I just, I don't know. This one feels a lot closer than 14 and a half to me. So I went with the Giants in this one, plus 14 and a half. Uh, who's the next one for? Do you have any thoughts on that game? Well, I, I picked that one also. So we can say that's my second game. And I went with the, that's the underdog that I picked with the Giants. I don't think they'll lose by that much. Um, right. I think Philadelphia could win. I think Philadelphia probably will win, but I, I don't see 14 and a half. I think the Giants, it's a division game. And um, even though it's at Philadelphia, the Giants, um, you know, Giants, if, if they want to, you know, have a good shot in the playoffs, I think they'll be ready to play well here. So um, I, I just think that's too many points. So I picked the Giants also. Yeah, and again, with it not mattering, they they probably going to rest guys, and they're, they won't have all their starters in, at least not all game. That kind of stuff would be my guess. But still, I, I just thought 14 and a half was too much. Um, for my fourth game of the week, I, the one favorite I picked in this group was the Indianapolis Colts. Two and a half point favorites over Houston. Um, even with Sam Ellinger at quarterback, Houston's bad. They need that number one overall draft pick. So I'm going to go Indianapolis. I think they win that game, and I think they do it uh, by more than two and a half points. Yeah, I didn't pick that game because I, I I don't know. In some ways, I think Texas, you know, Houston could win that. But, um, you, you know, do they – will that really help them? So I don't know. Probably the same way with Indianapolis as far as their draft status is concerned too some ways that's a no-win situation for both teams. But, um, yeah, I stayed away from that one. I, I don't know which way that will go. Yeah, I think Indy still ends up in a top five draft pick, maybe top four draft pick, even with a win. Uh, top five draft pick, I think, even with a win. So uh, I think it. I think Houston needs to lose more than Indianapolis needs to lose. Uh, game Game number five for you. Um, it would be – I would take um, Minnesota over Chicago. Oh uh, again, you always hate to pick. I hate to pick either one of these, but uh, Chicago is bad. Minnesota needs to rebound. Minnesota still has a chance as far as playoff seeding is concerned here, and so this game will make a little bit of difference for them. And three and a half, um, I went with Minnesota. Yeah, and Chicago told us they don't want to win this game. They're they're sitting Justin Fields because he has a injured hip. Um, so Chicago's taking their shot at the number one overall draft pick this week uh, as well. Uh, I went with Arizona, Dad, and this was a hard one to pick, but 14 and a half again. Um, I just, I don't, I mean, San Francisco could definitely beat the brakes off of the Cardinals. This is just one of those weird games that I don't think Arizona comes out and plays bad. Um, could be the last game for Cliff Kingsbury. My guess is they'll throw everything they got at Arizona just for the fun of it. Um, so I'm going to go Arizona plus 14 and a half. That's just too big of a spread. Um, so that's that's where I went with that game. Thoughts on that game, and then you can give us your last picks. Well, I I think, um, you know, I, I think San Francisco can cover that. I don't think Arizona's in a good spot, so I did not pick that game. Um, the last one, and this one I really – had to decide which way to go on it, but I'll take Miami over the Jets. Um, I think Jets might be, might, but Miami really needs to win this, and Miami, I believe, is at home. So a point and a half, and um, I'll take the Dolphins over the Jets. 
Yeah, I didn't pick this game, but I'll take the Jets on that one. Skylar Thompson's probably your quarterback in Miami. I don't know how that one fits out really well. Teddy Bridgewater, I think his hand is too injured. Um, so the Jets, I think they'll come in and win that game. Um, I was trying to decide between the Chargers and Broncos game uh, when I decided just to completely avoid that game altogether. Chargers have failed me too many times, and Denver showed up last week. So uh, so I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. They're plus 7.5 points, dogs to Seattle. Seattle needs the game to make the playoffs. I just don't think 7.5 is where it's going to be. I, I think it'll be a closer game than that. Seattle could win. I think the Rams could win this game too because uh, the Rams, they're not playing for draft position. They don't have any draft picks. So uh, I'll go with the Rams plus seven and a half as my final final pick. What are your thoughts on that Seattle Rams game? Yeah, Baker Mayfield can show Seattle they should have picked him up, but um, we, we will see. Um, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield does have a lot to play for, I think, to see where his future is going to be with the Rams. Um, Seattle's been a very much of a surprise team um, this year. So I stayed away from that one because I, I don't know which way that might go. You know, Seattle might come out and just play great and try to get that, you know, playoff spot and might get it. Um, or the Rams, you know, they could, you know, again, it's a division game, so you don't know. But um, that, that I stayed away from that one. All right, let's look at the other games going on this week. Cincinnati and Baltimore. Um, doesn't really affect Baltimore at all. It does affect Cincinnati. Again, a potential opportunity for the number one seed. Uh, still trying to figure out how they're going to figure out the Buffalo-Cincinnati situation. I didn't pick this game, Dad, because I thought six and a half. I don't know. I kind of That one kind of worried me. I thought maybe this game would be a little closer. I think Cincinnati wins the game, though. Um, and yes, they're not going to know if they have nothing to play for or not. So they're going to have to win the game no matter what. Uh, so I think they do. I think Cincinnati wins. I'll pick them to cover, but honestly, that six and a half, I didn't want to pick them for my pick six because I'm not confident with that six and a half. Yeah, I think Cincinnati will win. Again, they, you know, they have a shot at the number one seed. And, of course, I'm sure before the games this week, the NFL will have announced what they're going to do with the Buffalo-Cincinnati game so people will know, um, you know, some way – things are going to shake out from there. But, um, again, Baltimore's been a strange team. You know, it looked like they were gone, and then all of a sudden they're back and, um, you know, in the playoffs there. And so um, you never know. But I guess really with the Lamar Jackson's a whole big issue there with them. So I would think Cincinnati will be fine. Uh, The NFC South teams are playing each other. New Orleans – uh, at home, three and a half point favorites over Carolina. And then Atlanta at home is four and a half over Tampa. I'm assuming Tampa is going to be resting people as well. Uh, again, because nothing really matters for Tampa right now. I'll take the home teams, New Orleans and Atlanta in those two games. But at the end of the day, I don't want to watch either one of them. Um, what are your thoughts on those two games? Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Not not a lot of excitement to watch any of those, especially you know New Orleans and Carolina. Um, Tampa, I don't know, you know, again, they're, they're in the playoffs and if you're going to get ready to play next week, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Atlanta is too important for Tampa. Yeah. Tampa is too, their health is too important to them. They can't risk injury. They're not good enough to to risk injury. So they're, they're not going to play their starters, at least a lot of them. They're going to give them rest. 
Um, but that doesn't mean Atlanta can beat them still. I'm surprised Atlanta's the favorite, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> that game that surprised me a little bit. Uh, Buffalo, New England, a huge game, an important game. And like I said, I don't know that I can pick this game until I know what's going on uh, with with the situation. Do we have any clarity? Is there any news that says, yep, he's going to be fine? Um, because we saw in the NHL the same incident happen with Chris Pronger early in his career, and, uh, and he survived and played many years afterwards. Uh, because of the, the injury it is, if you do survive it, it's not like you have heart damage the rest of your life necessarily. You could possibly, I suppose. Um, but when are we going to know? Are we going to know anything by this game? If we don't, I think Buffalo loses this game. If we do, I think Buffalo wins this game. Um, so I don't know how to pick this game. What are your thoughts on Buffalo, New England? Well, I think from a football standpoint, Buffalo, um, you know, needs to win this to be able to head into the playoffs and, you know, to be ready to play. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the coach handles it, what their psyche is. Of course, New England, this is for them to get in the playoffs. So it's going to be a, a battle from there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Buffalo um, – is ready to play. If they are, then I think they can win it. Um, be interesting if not, you know, New England in the playoffs. That's interesting too. It is. And you know what's crazy is if Buffalo loses, Kansas City and Cincinnati win. Uh, the second round matchup could very well be Buffalo at Cincinnati. Um, so it's a it's a pretty big deal. This game is important for many reasons for Buffalo. I'm just not sure how they can come out and play. Uh, Pittsburgh fighting for their playoff lives, two and a half point favorites over Cleveland. Um, I go Pittsburgh in this one. I've kind of been on the Steelers bandwagon here at the end of the season. and think maybe they can sneak into the playoffs there. Um, I don't know which one I'd rather see between them and new England. I don't think either of them are entertaining, but, uh, I'll go Pittsburgh in this game to give them a shot at the playoffs. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I think they need a lot of help if I remember right. But, um, I, yeah, I, I think that, you know, they have rallied and done well, and, and it'd be, you know, be good for them to win and have a shot at it. Again, this is quite the division rivalry. So Cleveland is not going to lay down by any stretch of the imagination. Right. And, of course, Cleveland played spoiler last week and helped us out against Washington. So they'd be all ready to beat the Steelers. So, But it is in Pittsburgh, so it'll be an interesting game. Yeah, I mean, they need Miami to lose, which is very possible playing with their third-string quarterback, and they need New England to lose. I think that's all they need, and they have to win, obviously, uh, to get into the playoffs. I'm pretty sure that's all they need um, is Miami and, uh, yeah, I think so, Miami and New England to lose. Maybe, I don't think they have the tiebreaker against Jacksonville, but, um, well, either way, if they win, it wouldn't matter. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how that one shakes out. Uh, Chargers and Denver. Uh, Chargers on the road, two and a half point favorites. Denver all of a sudden showed up last week. What? What is it? The coaching change? Was it really Nathaniel Hackett? Was he the problem in Denver? And is Denver going to win this week against the Chargers, who have nothing to play for? Um, well, the Chargers are in the playoffs, but again, I think as far as momentum is concerned, I think it's important for them, you know, to play well. Um, I wouldn't think Denver is rallying at this point, so. Um, I don't know. And again, in some ways that game doesn't matter a whole lot, but um, I would think the Chargers should win, but you don't know. Yeah, I'll go Denver in that one. Why not? They're at home. And like I said, they showed up last week. So maybe they show up again this week. They got a great defense. 
Uh, so maybe they pull out a win here to close out the year. Uh, then Dallas and Washington. Washington. Oh, my goodness. Um, that was crazy this week. I don't know if you saw or not, Dad. Ron Rivera in his press conference uh, was asked about would he play Sam Howell if they get eliminated. And he didn't realize they could be eliminated last week. And they were eliminated last week. So Sam Howell does get the start in Washington. Um, Dallas, again, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure they're locked into where they're going to be. So five-and-a-half-point favorite Dallas. Which way do you go with this one, Sam Howell or or the Cowboys? I would think, you know, the Cowboys will win this. Wouldn't If Philadelphia loses, would Cowboys still have a chance to win the division, or is that wrapped up? I'm pretty sure it's wrapped up. I should be able to check on that for you. I was thinking that one was already done, though. Uh, let's see here. Philadelphia. No, it's not done. You're right. There is still potential there because, um, yep, no, nope, the, the division is not clinched. So Philadelphia has to win um, or Dallas has to lose in order for Philadelphia to get the division. So super important game for sure. Right. Yeah, um, that's Changes everything if Philadelphia is a wild card. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, no doubt. Uh, Dad, what about? Did you see the the new mascot introduced for the Commanders? No, I did not see that. All right, so they introduced Major Tutty. Uh, he's a pig, and uh, a fun fun little thing there for Washington. And uh, uh, you know, good good for them. Uh, <laughs> they got a mascot now, so good for them. Um. Congrats, Dad. You won the fantasy football championship that you and I were playing in uh, together. I needed the Packers to go crazy on offense. They did not do that, and I was okay with it. I, I felt fine because the Packers won uh, and won well. So at the end of the day, I can take my second place and live with it. Uh, but congrats, uh, fantasy football champion. Uh, is that your first ever champion? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, Dad is fantasy football champion in our league this year. So congrats to you, Dan. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we wrap up? We're getting getting close on time. Uh, no, no, I think we're fine again. It'd be interesting to see how the whole thing ends up, what the NFL decides, um, you know, to do with the Cincinnati Buffalo thing. And it'll be very interesting in the, um, um, you know, games this weekend of course very interested in the packer game we'll have a national champion in football before we get back next week it'll be interesting to see exactly um how that goes and of course you know our prayers and, and wishes for good health goes out to um, mr holman and i hope things go you know uh, that we get good news there and um you know i i think you know this has made a lot of people think about things and what's important. And um, I think that's good. And I hope, um, I hope he comes out well and it'll help there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I want to remind everybody they can follow us on social media at sports stove on Twitter and Instagram. And also a reminder, starting in February, February the 5th, we'll kick off the sports stove fantasy baseball show. You can find that right here on the sports stove YouTube channel or wherever you listen to the Sports Stove podcast. It'll be right in there with the Sports Stove podcast as well. Don't forget to, don't forget to visit trueclassic.com, and at your checkout, use promo code BELLYUPFANTASY for 25% off your purchase. And go to bellyupfantasysports.com to read my latest article on fantasy baseball draft strategies. 
that was posted earlier today as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.